You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world in the podcast where you become the hero. My next guest is the host of the Fight for a Happy Life podcast. Through his YouTube channel, he inspires more than 150,000 people to use martial arts training for a happier and more fulfilled life by combining well-rounded humor with very valuable martial arts content. He's a black belt in Taekwondo and eighth degree black belt in Kung Fu Sansu. He also trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Aikido, Shotokan, and Karate, but he simply describes himself as a martial artist. Help me welcome Sensei Ando to the show. Nice to see you, sir. Yeah, how's everything going for you? It's good, you know, um, building, building the brand, you know, getting, uh, just learning a lot, you know? It's always like, you know, every day is just, okay, now I need to learn this. Oh my God, you know, there's so much stuff I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, right. It never ends, I'm afraid. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Cool. So is there anything in specific that you'd like to talk about during the interview? Something that... Um... Well, I'm an expert in me, so that's always a good uh, subject that I can speak about. What's something uh, that... Else, I don't know anything about anything else. <laughs> What's something that you've never talked about in an interview? Something that you would have loved to oh. share but never had the opportunity to? Uh, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, hmm. That's a good one. Maybe <laughs> pie recipes for sure. I never get to talk about my preferences. For Are you good at making pies? <laughs> no, that's my new hobby. I'm trying that's to. Probably why, that's probably why you never shared the pie recipe before. That's right. Eventually, my channel will become a cooking channel. I'm still trying to convert it into a cooking channel. So that's actually the end goal, right? Of, uh, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. That's all I really want is an endorsement from some food companies that fly me around. And <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Um, why don't well, same question to you then? What's something that you've, uh, as a personal development coach, um, that maybe you haven't talked enough about, uh, especially with the martial arts connection, right? Because this is martial arts and of personal development. So maybe like the importance of injuries or uh, the importance of getting hit, the, the, uh, the benefits of pain, um, how you turn around these, uh, what most people see as setbacks or the, the most frightening part of why they don't start in martial arts because they're afraid they're going to get hurt. And while you don't want to get hurt, it's actually the best part of it because uh, nothing teaches you better or faster than pain. Um, so I don't know. I, I know for sure, especially now that I'm getting older, I get all these emails from older people mm -hmm. um, who tell me about their arthritis or some diagnosis they got and um, how they've adapted their training and kept going. And uh, it's not just OCD, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, wisdom there to keep confronting pain, to keep welcoming pain into your life so that you can get the lessons from it. And if you try to avoid those lessons, then you're not going to learn so much. 
I love it. And I think we, um, you know, we actually already started the, uh, the interview conversation, which is, which is perfect. It's great. Uh, we're off to a very organic and natural start. Um, yeah. And let's, let's dive into that a bit more, right? Because you tapped into a very powerful subject, you know, the idea of not running away from pain and actually, um, accepting the fact that it is part of life and it's actually a very powerful tool that will give you very deep insights into, um, whatever you're doing. Um, what do you, what do you do in that sense? Like when somebody write, sends you an email and says, uh, sensei Ando, like mm-hmm. what are, what should I do? I have arthritis or how should I adjust my training? What do you usually tell people? I tell them to suck it up. (laughs) I tell them it's a natural part of this process. Um, I tell them that it's never going to end. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, even when I think back to training as a teenager and the physical challenges that I had back then, Mm -hmm. which laughable now, but at the time I'm like, gee, I'm not that flexible. I, I, I can't do a full split yet. Um, but then into my 20s, and things started to change. I started still getting a little bit tighter, or I was taking more headshots, um, uh, learning new skills. Then it becomes the frustration of trying to, you know, keep up with your classmates or meet your teacher's standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, really, in my mid to late 30s, that's when every year it seemed like a different joint uh, yeah. was causing me trouble. You know, one year it was my hips and I thought, okay, I got past that. Then no, no, the next year it's your knees and no, no, the next year it's your shoulders. And then it just seems like there's always another issue that kept coming up. And what I had to accept and what I would advise people to remember is that that's part of the process. It's not like, oh no, I was at a hundred percent, but now I'm at 90% or 80% because I have this injury. I have to wait till I get back to a hundred percent until I can move forward or feel good about my training or it's like, no, 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 no you're always going to have something yes. that's less than perfect. Yes. And the whole point of learning how to fight is learning how to use what you've got, no matter what the situation is, and just figure out a way to make the most of it. And um, that is the process. That is the very thing you came into this class to try to figure out how to overcome. It's not the exception to the rule. So. I think it's just a wonderful life lesson in general. Your relationship isn't 100%. Yeah, no, of course it's not. Uh, your finances aren't in perfect order. No, of course they're not. Your health, there's always something for you to fight with, to struggle with. Yeah. That's not a bad thing because once you accept it, it makes and you wiser and stronger. You're not going to tell your partner or your wife, oh, you know what? Um, I see that our relationship is not working. Mm-hmm. Let me just take a break for a few months. And then I'll come back to our relationship and uh, then we'll make it work. Right. You're going to get, you're going to get uh, knocked out by your, uh, your wife probably if you uh, see something like that. Right. But yes. people, it's, it's funny. You know, you, you, you're hitting the nail on the head because it's funny how people view martial arts. They're like, Oh, you know, my, I'm feeling a bit stressed right now. I'm feeling a bit overworked. Um, you know, my financials are not so good. Let me just take a break from training let me see you in six months. And they never do, right? They never come back in six months. And it's like right. the biggest mistake. No, that's, that's when you actually need your training. Exactly right. Exactly right. And um, 
it's too bad because you lose so many people either before training, like they never even get started. Cause I, I get emails sometimes from people who say, yeah, I'd really like to join up for a class, but right now I'm a little overweight. So I'm going to wait till I get into shape before I start class. Yeah, that's the like, best. <laughs> right? Oh, no, you're making a mistake here. Or, yeah, I just got an injury. So, yeah, I can't go back to class. The doctor said for like five months. You're like, no. Um, and so this is why I think so many people get frustrated um, with whatever their goals are uh, on the mats or off because they keep waiting for this perfect set of circumstances to align where then they say, okay, now it's free and clear to move forward. It's like, no, 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 no. It's never free and clear. You just start climbing. You just start skirting around. You just start making your own way. And um, if you wait for perfection, then you're just going to go nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, to get back into um, your earlier question, you know, it's to me, it's fascinating how, I asked it when, in one of my Facebook groups earlier, like when you joined this group, what was it? Uh, what was the reason why you joined? Was it for the Wing Chun, for the martial arts training, for leadership, for um, business coaching, for uh, personal development? And all of them like for the Wing Chun training, like most of them, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's, it's absolutely fascinating how you cannot see the, the, um, the connection between the two, right? It's just like, look, I'm, I'm going to give you this delicious dinner and you're going to have this delicious dessert. It's not going to make you flat. It's actually going to make you healthy. And you're like, you know what? Just give me the dinner. I don't, I don't, I don't want dessert. No, I just like, no, no. That's okay. I have room for it. I, I like it, but nah, that's, I'm sticking <laughs> with the dinner, right? It's like, it's amazing to me, right? <laughs> so how do you, as a teacher then, how do you, how do you get them to see what, you know about it to eat the full dinner how do you do that i can i I feel that i cannot because if it's not something that is not it's it's not in their um inside of them that they kind of intuitively feel that they are that personal development and martial arts are very very connected they're not going to get it they're not going to take it from me so i cannot you know you, you can never teach somebody. You just can, you can always help somebody discover what's inside of them already or what they choose to believe. So it's really about just attracting people who love this idea of having both, you know, having both dessert and, and uh, uh, the main course. But you talk about that a lot, right? I mean... Um, Wait a minute. So did you just say you give up on the people who don't understand it already? You don't even try to have them discover this? You, you track the people who already get the message and for everyone else, uh, Yeah, just stay at home, guys. It's okay. Right? It's okay. Just I heard that correctly, so. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself out there all the time. The fact that we're uh, having this conversation as well, you know, it, it's um, a testimony of the fact that I'm just being myself, you know, I'm putting videos out there talking about what I love and people who like it, like it. Right. And people were like, you know, somebody, somebody actually doesn't know. For example, I didn't know when I started um, combining the two, I didn't know that they went so well together. Right. But when somebody showed it to me, I say, wow, okay. But that information was somehow inside of me already because I was studying personal development and I was also studying martial arts. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Yeah. But you also talk about happiness, right? Through martial Constantly. arts. Constantly. Until people get angry with me, I talk about happiness. <laughs> stop stop and, trying to make me happy, Sensei Ando. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, again, like you said, I mean, there's, to me, there's an innate connection 
between personal development and happiness. Isn't that the mm -hmm. point of personal development? To become happier on some level. And isn't that the point of self-defense training? To feel safer, more content, and ultimately happier. Isn't that the end goal for pretty much everything? And I don't just mean some kind of silly happy, like a childlike happy. Mm -hmm. I just mean I'm happy. I have my food. I have safety. I have a good relationship. I don't feel for my uh, that I'm going to get beat up all the time. I feel free to be myself. I can feel relaxed. I can feel creative. I can feel that I'm at my best uh, self, levels mm -hmm. of myself. And then you have the ability to share more with other people, which tends to help them out and make them happier. And they, in turn, can then be happier to share more with their friends or back to me. There's just no downside to admitting that happiness is really the goal. Yeah. And um, you know, sometimes that word gets a little like, oh, it's a childish word, uh, happiness. Or, but no, to me, it's profound. That's if you're not happy, how do you dare call yourself successful? What are you doing? You have how much money in the bank, and then you commit suicide. Yep. Examples of people like that. Oh, you're a star, so-called. You get a lot of attention but you hate your life and you're drinking your sorrows away. Um, oh, gee, in public, you seem so you've got it all together. And then privately you're on drugs and uh, abusive and, and setting up yourself for all kinds of drama. It's like, then you're not a success. I don't care who yep. you are or what you do. If you're not smiling most of the day, something's wrong. Something's in your technology, how you're living your life. Something is off. And I just think martial arts is one of the, is the, <laughs> is the number one way to, Definitely break through your barriers, break through your fears, really figure out who you are and approach real happiness. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like challenge is very, very important in this process of discovering actually what makes you happy, how to choose it. And, you know, it's like if, if you were only, you were the best person in, the, in class all the time, right? And nobody would challenge your skills. You would get bored pretty quickly. You probably look for something else for different activities. So, just to get back to what you mentioned earlier, I think pain is a huge, huge component in um, in understanding your happiness and, and just accessing it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's that great quote, um, if I get it right, I believe from Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. You see that little meme sometimes where they say, "Well, how many push-ups or how many sit-ups can you do?" And he says, "I don't start counting until it hurts." Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's the mentality of a champion right there. Uh, you have to get to that place where you feel uncomfortable, ignorant, a little embarrassed, like, okay, this is it. This is the limits of who I am. And now you start. Now that's where the journey starts. You kind of get rid of all the stuff that you've depended on, get rid of all your crutches, and now really see who you are. What can you create? Mm -hmm. What comes out of you? And I think often you're shocked and horrified at what comes out of you. You may not realize like, wow, I can't believe I gave up or wow, I can't believe I started crying or wow, I can't believe I said that negative thing or insulted that person. Sometimes you're really just shocked by the ugly side of you. Um, but then that's a beautiful moment because then you go, okay, now that I know that that's in there, mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out how to deal with that, how to strengthen myself so I can get through it the next time and go a little farther. Um, there's always a point where we break down. Uh, there's, if you're not reaching that point, then you're probably not pushing hard enough. Mm -hmm. I think you should be continually finding that pain point where you're like, okay, here it is again. I'm at that moment, uh, where I need to either step forward into this uncomfortable area or pull back to where I'm feeling very, very safe. Um, it's not that you're a bad person if you stay in the safe zone. It's just, I feel a little disappointed because 
I would like to have seen how far you could have gone for mm-hmm. myself too. Like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, but what happens if I take one more step? Let me yeah. just see what happens. If that's good enough, you say, I'm happy now. This is exactly where I want it to be. I don't need any more. I'm, I'm very happy. Then great. I'm not judging you. But at least make that effort to figure out where is that point where you're, you're feeling very happy. You feel fulfilled. You're not a negative influence on anyone else's life. You're not projecting your shortcomings on other people. We're just happy. Mm-hmm. Wherever that is, good for you. But I find that usually one more step, one more step, it brings a lot more rewards uh, and it's worth the pain to get there. That is so insightful. And I, I feel like people are so much stronger than, than they think. You know, I this, agree. this is something that I discovered when I was back when I was doing karate because karate training is very, very different than uh, Wing Chun training in the sense that it's a lot more physical. But hmm. What we, um, what I personally discovered was that, okay, we were about to do like a hundred kicks and by halfway through, I felt like I was going to faint well, because, you know, I had no physical condition back then when it just started, but just by pushing through it and just having this group of people who were all, you know, uh, set the standard higher, I discovered that, wow, I actually, you know, I thought I couldn't do any, uh, another kick and there I go doing another 50 kicks. I said, what? Yes. Well, well, I'm not that special, right? That's like everybody can do that, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Boy, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there, Sifu. That is uh, people are so much tougher than they think. Yes. I think people are more creative than they think. Um, but oftentimes, they don't, you didn't, we don't know until the pressure is on, until you have, uh, you're knocked out of your normal uh, daily routine, yeah. which is why martial arts is so great because most of the day, if you have a normal life and a normal job, you're not getting choked. You're not getting punched. You're not getting knocked down on the ground or held down. And that is such a primal uh, invasion of your, of your territory, of your security, of your uh, comfort yeah. that it, it just gets past. You, don't, you can't just it's interesting that people try to find that, like just lifting weights maybe or uh, taking a new class or reading a book that they don't agree with. And okay, you can challenge yourself in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. But boy, getting slapped in the face or getting punched in the face, it's just so much faster. It's just such a quicker route to, hey, let's see who you really are. Whack. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, whoa. I mean, it's very difficult to disguise your feelings when you've been smacked in the face or you're getting choked. It's just, I like the, uh, the directness of it. There's no, there's no lying about it, um, mm-hmm. except to yourself. <laughs> so yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, I had like some humbling moments in my uh, martial arts career for sure. When I thought I was better than uh, than I actually was, and man, it's it's like it's so painful when you lose, when you think when your ego takes over, right? But then you get humbled, and it's so so painful, but out of that pain, it's, you just, you just grow so much. And to be more specific, I, I challenged this, uh, uh, kickboxing club, right. To a sparring match with, uh, you know, my school and their school and my students did, did well, actually. Like one of my students was, was very, very dynamic, but when I stepped in, it felt really weird because I had some habits that worked well with, uh, with my empty hands. Right. But when you put on the boxing gloves, it's very different. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's, yeah. So, um, I didn't lose, but it, it didn't go the way that I thought, right? It, it wasn't, 
it wasn't clean. It wasn't what I thought. So it was like kind of sloppy, right? The whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what that made me do is come back to what I was doing and, and say, and be a bit more critical compared to, look, look, this is what Wing Chun is. This is how you do it. This is how you're going to do it. And when I came back to it, I said, okay, maybe this thing is not really that useful. Maybe this thing can be improved here, right? And it really, really helped me become a lot more dynamic and a lot more flexible in my thinking and definitely more humble. Mm. I hope so. That sounds like a good training experience. That's the way it should be, right? Hopefully every day you get something like that. Um, The The, trick is to laugh at it. And like you're laughing, that's perfect. Uh, There's a big difference. Like as a younger man, I was uh, very cocky and arrogant, um, a jerk. (laughs) And before I got into a formal martial arts class. And when I got there, that was the hardest part is, is getting punched in the face and losing and not being incompetent and not having any skills. And then it was very painful to me. I mean, that, that was me. I've talked about it before. I mean, I'd sit in my car and I'd cry or I would just, you know, wonder if I, why am I, I, why do I even go back? This is humiliating. It's awful. Um, It makes no sense. It really just shook up my whole reality. But now that I'm older, um, at some point, I laugh at about these kinds of things now. If I go in and I'm just getting tapped out, tapped out in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class, I can laugh about it. This is great. I'm getting my ass kicked today. Fantastic. That's why I'm here. So I recognize the value in the pain now, whereas a younger person, I didn't. I thought it was something to avoid like anybody else. But I think uh, when you're a little bit wiser and you realize how many good memories you have from those painful experiences. Sometimes it takes a bit of life experience before you get the connection. You go, yeah, I really learned this valuable lesson when I got hurt. Or yeah, this horrible thing happened to me, but boy, it changed my life. And when you start seeing this connection between pain and profit, you learn something from this horrible thing and all these good memories, so-called, you kind of forgot about. And I don't remember this. There are months of training that I forget about. But I remember that one day when that jerk came into class and he hurt, was way wild and he was crazy and he hurt me. But boy, I never will forget what I did to fix that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I teach and that's what I'm talking about and that's become part of me now. And so when you, once you make that connection between pain and profit, then why wouldn't you be happy to experience those things? Why wouldn't you go out of your way to slip up and say, wow, that guy's the toughest guy in the gym. I'm going to go spar him because I know he's going to beat me. I want to experience it. I want to feel what he's doing. I want to see myself getting tossed around. Um, I mean, I'm going to try, but I want to see where I break down. Where's that point so I can go back and fix it and learn from it. That's, That's a fun game now. I love that. I love that. You know, and I feel like a huge component is identity in the sense that when you identify yourself as a karate practitioner or a tai chi master or something, right? And you say, okay, this is my martial arts style. This is who I am. Like, like in my example, in my case, I, I used to call myself like a Wing Chun um, Sifu, right? And I had to do Wing Chun. But when you step out of that identity, uh, okay, um, my basis is Wing Chun. That's great. But I can learn from anybody, right? You will go to a kickboxing class. You will go to an MMA class. You will go to a boxing class. You will attend maybe an Aikido seminar or something. Right? You're going to get a, something from everybody. It doesn't mean that you need to integrate everything. But just like w- when I freed myself from that identity that this is who I am, I am a Wing Chun instructor, then 
I started looking at videos online and saying, okay, maybe this is valuable, right? It's not like, a lot of people have this idea of my Wing Chun lineage or my Wing Chun is the best and nobody mm -hmm. can compare to it and uh, so on and so forth. And when you go there, it's, it's really, it allows you to evolve a lot more. Have you experienced a, a situation like this? Oh my gosh, of course. Um, to me, that's the benefit of cross training. That's why um, I've studied more than one style because it's very easy to be set in a routine of comfort when you're seeing the same people, you're doing the same moves uh, over and over and over again. Of course, there's value to that. I, you have to dig deep into a style yeah. to really learn those types of lessons about the repetition, the discipline, and going deeper. But at the same time, there's a comfort in that. Oh, I know where my class is. I know who's going to be there. I know the drills that we're doing. Yes, I'm getting better at them. But if I go to this other class in this other style, I know I'll be a complete beginner. I won't have any skills. And so that's the easiest place to find the pain points again. Yeah. Hey, to tie on that white belt, for someone who's been a teacher for years, tying on a white belt, which I did the, when I was 40, I started uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu formally. And to tie on that white belt was just joyful. Like, yeah. hey, I'm not the yeah. teacher here. Hey, nobody knows me here. Hey, I don't know any of this stuff. What are they doing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, what a great feeling that is. But so many people work their whole lives to get to the place where they can wear the black belt so that they don't have to ever feel like a beginner again. And that's the big mistake. So, yes. You're actually still a beginner even though you do have your black belt. It's Absolutely. not like It's not like your journey has ended. You just proved that you can learn. That's a nice way to put that. Yeah, absolutely. You're an absolute idiot if you're wearing a black belt and you think that you've, you've mastered anything, really. Yeah, because yeah. There's always someone else who's going to come along and say, oh, yeah, you've got a pretty good bag of tricks there. How about this one? Boom. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> I wasn't even aware that I didn't know that. I had no idea. Because <laughs> it's a blind spot. You don't know. So. Yeah. On the one hand, I'm a huge believer in train with everybody. That's why I believe in building bridges and talking to everybody you can and kind of looking over walls and, hey, what's, what are you guys doing? Um, because the value in that is so huge. But I don't want to lose the point that uh, that doesn't mean you should be just jumping around. Oh, I do three months of that, three months of this, two months of that. Yeah, I'm a great martial artist now because I've trained in all these styles, which you run into a lot. People think that, oh, if I just do a little of this and a little of that, I'll put them together in my own hybrid system. But they've never really learned one system very yeah. well. And then you lose those lessons. You know Something, what? Like yeah. my, my first martial arts school on the, uh, the flyer, right, or the poster outside of the school, it said – Karate, Aikido, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Kempo, um, Ninjutsu, all taught, all taught by the same guy. <laughs> wow. Was he 300 years old? <laughs> I, I don't know. He looked pretty young to me. Like, probably <laughs> very, very good diet. Yeah. And what we ended up doing was a lot of ground fighting and acrobatics. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, well done, sir. You found a great school. <laughs> the best. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that I love about your channel is the fact that you have um, guests on the show. You have guests from different martial arts styles, and um, you're very, very open to, you know, to discussing what, and sharing your knowledge, and having other people share their their knowledge. Um, how did that come about? When did you first start having guests on your uh, show? And uh... 
Yeah. Sure. Well, again, it's just a natural um, progression. If you believe in building bridges and meeting people, uh, why not throw up a camera and just share something? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the miracle of the Internet. I, uh, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in human civilization, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what a wonderful – because, again, when I was growing up, there were – there was no way to know what other schools were doing mm-hmm. uh, unless you walked in someplace. And when you were younger, you, you know, I didn't have a car. I have no idea. I heard about Kung Fu and you'd see a movie, but what are they doing though? What are they training? What's the, yeah. I don't get it. Um, and you would just maybe get a VHS tape from some style. Oh, look. Uh, but most of those instructionals weren't very in depth and they don't really give you the full picture. So it was really hard to connect with other people. So, um, but nowadays, you name a style, you can probably find a video of it. You could probably find tutorials on it. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. probably call up somebody like this and you're in Bucharest and I'm in Los Angeles and we can share notes and uh, trade techniques. And uh, this is fa- for somebody who's really interested in learning about anything. This is the greatest time in, the, in history to yep. be alive. So uh, making videos and collaborating when I can, I mean, it's just difficult because when are you in town or when can I get there? And uh, you know, that's a little tricky, but if I get the opportunity, of course, I would love to take it because uh, it's just, I love seeing how other people are making sense of this journey of improving, uh, proving themselves and developing themselves as martial artists. And um, yeah, I hope to just do it forever. I mean, I, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, I hope, you do it. I, I hope you do it forever too because your videos are really, really, really funny. Especially like oh. the one that you, you were... Uh, demonstrating the horse stance and you actually brought a horse in the video. <laughs> yeah, I spare no expense. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> a great collaboration, yes. Oh, Definitely. horse. Yeah, yeah. And you have yeah, a lot, a lot to, to teach. teach. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, you Learn from everything, right? Everyone. <laughs> well, that, that makes me think of when, when I'm going to show like our uh, Wing Chun goat stance. Where am I going to find a goat in the <laughs> <laughs> and then turn it into the cooking channel again and then let's see how do you eat the goat eat the goat yeah yeah <laughs> and show like the tiger style as well um, really crazy yes yeah <laughs> it's the only show where you can interview the guests and then eat them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vegans will go will go crazy uh yeah, watching no, the video <laughs> cool. um what's what's like your favorite martial arts movie Favorite martial arts movie? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of those things, uh, depending <laughs> kind of what mood you're in, what time of the day is it, if I'm flipping around. it's uh, The other night I got caught watching Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I hated that movie when it came out. I still don't like that movie. <laughs> I can't stop watching it just because it's martial arts, right? So you go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm stuck now. It's four in the morning and I'm watching Kickboxer. Um, but movies that, um, you know, above the law, changed my life so i'll always have a soft spot in my heart for above the law i've never seen Aikido. was that the one with uh, with steven seagal oh absolutely yeah, yeah that was yeah. a big breakout for him and uh, that changed my life I, I that's the movie that got me out of my garage mm-hmm. and into an actual school before then for a couple of years i had a bag and i had some friends come over and i just thought i could learn by myself i had bruce lee books and uh you know whatever i could figure out and yeah and my, my brother and we would just kind of figure stuff out and then when I saw Steven Seagal, I couldn't figure out what he was doing. There were guys flipping around and he's just standing there. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't, he didn't look like Bruce Lee, he didn't have six pack abs and it just mystified me. So I went 
looking for an Aikido school uh, and I couldn't find one, but I found a school that was a Taekwondo school. It was in a judo school, but they had weights as well. So I thought, well, there's stuff I understand. Here's punches, there's kicks, there's some weight training. I'll sign up here and just see what happens. And uh, that's how I ended up formally getting into martial arts. So he got me out of the garage and let me know, hey, there's more to martial arts than just Bruce Lee jumping off a trampoline and doing a sidekick. There's Uh also... Hey, sorry to interrupt the interview. I'll let you get back to it in a moment. Let me just ask you. Do you want more financial freedom in your business so that you have time for the important things in your life? Would you like to level up your business and become a black belt in business success? Let me help you. I will personally take a look at your business and show you exactly how you can make it more profitable so that you enjoy more financial freedom and more time with your loved ones. Get in touch with me over social media. Links are in the description. Send me a message with the text business breakthrough and we will schedule an appointment and you will get a free coaching session where I teach you exactly how to make your business more profitable without putting in more hours. And this is going to be only for the first five people who get in touch with me this week. So check the description, get in touch with me on social media, send me a message with the text business breakthrough, and let me help you take your business to the next level. Uh, Wrist locks. There's also sword work. There's also uh, a different way of approaching a fight with your hands down instead of your hands up. Just completely different ideas for me at the time. And um, so I'll always, I'm very thankful to that, uh, to that movie for that. So sure. And then much later, out for Justice. So I'm going to stay on Steven Seagal. <laughs> out for Justice is absolutely one of my favorite martial arts movies because it's just so over the top and ridiculous in a good way. <laughs> was was Above the Law the one with the um, pool hall fight scene? That's Out for Justice. There you out go. Out for Justice. So, yeah, that, that. yeah. Daniel Santo. Uh, yes. Fighting on his knees, the yes. corkscrew in the eye. There's just so many beautiful moments in that for acting. Yep. Yeah. For just nonsense, for some tough guy martial arts stuff. Yeah, that 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 scene in the That's bar. That's a really, really good oh movie. Oh my god! I could watch the director that was really good. The director really made uh, Steven Seagal shine. But you know, my god, in his prime, he was like a force of nature. Like you would, you would yeah. look at these movies like, how, how, how does he do that? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Some. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> and I eventually yeah. did find an Aikido school and I stayed there for about three years. Just kind of a part-time pursuit. I, I could get there once or twice a week. And, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was great seeing something again, where you make that connection between something you saw on the movies and you go, wow, then you get to go in to study it for real. And then you see what is real and what's not real. Yeah. Just yourself. There's yeah. some pain there <laughs> saying, oh, that's not what I wanted. Uh, but there is some, also some profit there saying, but that is cool, and I'll remember that. Uh, and that's life, right? You have your goal. You have your dream. You have your vision. You start in that direction. Obstacles come up. Pain comes up. Mm-hmm. Profit comes up. Both of them are largely uh, unpredictable. You didn't expect that to hurt you, and you didn't expect to benefit from this. But that's what makes it so fun. You just keep taking that next step to figure out, well, 
it's just rolling the dice every day. Okay, what's the profit today? And what's the pain today? And what am I going to do with both of those? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's addictive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I actually remember when I was a kid, my cousin who's, um, who was already a black belt in Shotokan Karate, right? And he was like, he would kick my ass all the time, but I would still look up to him because uh, he, he's like 19 years older than, uh, than me, right? So he pulls up this uh, VHS tape. He puts it in the VHS and uh, he's like, look, this guy's going to, this guy's going to beat up everybody. And it's a Steven Seagal movie. The one that he's on a, on this boat, right? On, on what is it? Under siege. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how is he going to beat up everybody? And that was like, that kind of, yeah, it sparked a lot of, a lot of interest. But you know, what's funny. You look at these, all of these movies now, right? And you mm-hmm. watch them with very different eyes. Um, oh yeah. Because like this, this summer, we had a screening of Enter the Dragon, right? Over at my school. And I was looking at Bruce Lee and I was thinking, my God, he's slow. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, honestly, like my God, he's so rigid and he's so slow. And, and the reason why is because he's, he's filming these, um, you know, these scenes where he's shirtless. He needs to be flexed, right? So when he's flexed all the time, guess what? You're going to be rigid and you're going to be stiff. But when he doesn't have his shirt on, like, like, like that force of nature that we were discussing earlier. But I never saw that before. I never noticed that before watching uh, the movie this summer. Well, there you go. That's an interesting point. Yeah, a little movie uh, magic there. When he holds those poses, ah, yeah. well, of course, that's the opposite of flowing and being in the moment. Um, well, that's movie stuff. He, he, and he knew that, of course. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, high kicks, yeah. he seemingly didn't really like high kicks either, but they look great in the movies, so that's what you do. Yeah. So there's, there's two guys, the movie star, Bruce Lee, and kind of the, the teacher, Bruce Lee. The, the fighter. Guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he seemed to enjoy both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Good eye. Absolutely. Have you have you met people who study with him? No. Well, let me think. Yes, I mean, I, I was thinking trained with people. Uh, yeah, I've, I've. Let me think. Um, hmm. There's people who say that they did, but then you're they not did, sure. Yeah. If they yeah. Did, you know, so <laughs> I, I didn't go and vet everybody and verify their claims, but uh, not so much. I mean, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, so uh, there's showbiz people who might have some older guys who had stories, and but um, not too much, not too much. But um, but certainly, uh, Dan Inosanto still has his academy down here, so I run into people, uh, more people who've trained with him, and uh, mm-hmm. so kind of mm-hmm. indirectly that way. Um, and boy, uh, you know, the Bruce Lee thing, he, he's another guy who, of course, changed my life when I was younger. I'm one of those guys who saw him and said, wow, uh, cool. I can't look like Arnold or Stallone, but I can look like that guy. So uh, as a role model, he, he was great. And again, as I've said before, he's, he was a real bridge builder. He was yeah. multicultural. He was open to everything. Um, he was looking over everyone else's fence and building bridges in his own way. So I think as a role model, as a martial artist, and as a human being, he was definitely someone that we but, should still talk about. You know what, what was what I found very very interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw the documentary about his life. You know this the more recent one. His uh, his brothers and sisters. Uh, they said that ever since Bruce Lee was a kid, he said the world will know my name. Mm. Which is crazy, right? They, like, Have you said all- the same? You're you're out there. Have you said the same? Come on. Mm. 
Come on. Like, this has been like more of a recent uh, desire, to be honest, because before it, it was more like when I was a kid, there was this desire of having a lot of people uh, know me and being very popular. But to be honest, that came from a lot of insecurity mm-hmm. because I thought that if people are going to see me, uh, then I'm going to be super popular or super uh, wealthy or so on. So for people are going to like me. But the truth is that I did not like myself. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to enjoy being, um, you know, just, just being with myself. So if you don't like yourself, how can you expect that other people will, right? Right. Um, so it's definitely fascinating, but to, it, it was more fascinating to me the fact that, you know what, he, he kind of saw this and kind of created that reality for, for himself. And it's, it comes to, it just reminds me of what um, so many people say that, look, you have to see it first and then it's going to happen. You see it for yourself and then it's going to happen. But now it's not something, you know, it's just like a natural consequence. I feel like just by doing uh, what we're doing today, just by talking, just by sharing our insights, sharing our knowledge, we're going to reach a lot of people. It's not a question of if right now. It's really a question of if I'm personally going to get there, I really, I really truly want that when I get there that, uh, I'm helping lots of people, thousands or millions of people, so on and so forth, that I'm really more at the stage of, of being really the best version of myself of, you know what, this is great. I don't need it. I'm happy. I don't need many people. You know, I'm happy with who I am. I'm great. Um, and I'm very, very close to that. You know, just like this mm-hmm. year, for example, this whole year, 2018, has been me learning to be okay and be happy where I am with who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just chasing something outside of me uh, all the time, all the freaking time. So it's like, yeah, that's, it's great if it happens. It's okay if it doesn't. I still have myself to like myself, right? So uh, nobody's going to take that away from me, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> wow, that just got dark. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't cut your wrists. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was a, a nice unraveling of your whole life right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I hope you're happy. People had no idea who they're listening to, but now they're like, yeah, oh, I'll come back to the light. Let me unsubscribe. Come back to the light. <laughs> well, if, if, if I could, um, a lot of thoughts just popped into my head there, but um, you started with the idea that in the beginning, perhaps you were rooted in insecurity to want to be yeah, popular or to be successful. And uh, absolutely, that'd be the same for me. And who's to say that Bruce Lee wasn't insecure and was overcompensating by overtraining and overdoing everything and showing I think, off? I, mean, I, I think he absolutely was because, um, you know, from what we know, he was very much discriminated against because he was a quarter uh, German. Mm. So people were like, um, yeah, don't teach this guy Kung Fu because he's not one of us. Mm-hmm. So I feel that he did have a lot to prove or felt that he needed to prove himself and mm-hmm. become popular so that people would, uh, would like him and accept him for who he was. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So in that sense, I mean, that's why, again, it may never be a perfect situation to get started. You can't wait until you feel confident or you feel comfortable, you feel prepared if insecurity is what's getting you motivated to start, okay, yeah, that's great. Start with that. Yeah, yeah. And along the way, 
your motives may change and you may find like I did with martial arts in the beginning, I was totally insecure. I was, that's why I was a jerk and arrogant and cocky. And I thought I was better than everybody, but I was very insecure. I was making up for my own shortcomings in my life. And in the process of martial arts, it beat me down so much that it stripped away all of the, the identity, like you mentioned identity that I had built around. Okay. Here's me at my best as an insecure guy. And Mm -hmm. then it beat me down, broke that apart and then says, okay, well, let's rebuild now. Can you rebuild with real confidence instead of faking confidence? Can you build with um, real creativity instead of just copying other people's stuff and saying, oh, I'm good? That's where the real you comes out. And then you can emerge doing the same things, but with a completely different spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely been true for me. I mean, I, I've always felt like Bruce Lee that gee, you know, I like being in a spotlight. I like talking to people. I like performing. I always liked the idea of being a stand-up comedian or being on stage somehow. But maybe those reasons weren't that great. Like, hey, look at me, look at me. I want to be the center of attention. And then I got beat down so much that I turned into more of a stay backstage, don't be on stage. You don't want to be out there. It's who are you to be on stage? Mm-hmm. Let someone else do it. You're, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. You should be ashamed of yourself. But then over time, that initial feeling of, yeah, but if you have something to share, how else can you share it? Yes. Why shouldn't it be you on the stage? As long as your motives are good now, I'm not doing it just for me. I'm doing it hopefully for you. Maybe in the beginning, it was like, me, 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 me. I want to write a book. Everyone should read my book. Well, why? I'm going to make a movie. Everyone should come see my movie. Well, why? What have you done for me? What have you done for the other person? Mm -hmm. And that's been the second half of my life when I said, wait a minute. I do have some good things I think I'd like to share. And it has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be in the middle of stuff that I've learned. And there's people out there who would like to learn this. What do I have to do in the middle to put those two, two things together? And if that means videos or a podcast or writing an article or doing an interview, great. I'm here in service of connecting things that helped me with people who need help or want help. And terrific. Now everybody wins. Uh, I, so insecurity, if that's how, who you are today, great. Be it. You're a little yeah. ignorant today. Great. So be ignorant. You're a little overconfident. You're cocky. Great. Get started because uh, every step you take, you're going to change, hopefully, who you are a little bit. The journey's going to change you. And uh, the, once the real you emerges, then you can, like you just said, then you find kind of a, a piece like, wait a minute, I am okay who I, with who I am. I'm okay with where I am. Now it's just a question of, well, what do you want to do today? You're alive. Do you want to just stay here and you have 20 students and they love you and maybe you're good with that. And again, I don't judge. Then if that's your life, that's your life. But if there's still part of you saying, boy, I'd love to share it with 30 people. I'd love to double my enrollment to 40 people. Wouldn't that be nice? And then put that on, wear that shoe for six months and see how that fits. And at some point you're, either going to want to take that next step and go to the next, I want 50 students. I want it. Or you're going to say, no, you know what? This was perfect. I liked 20. Okay. So be it. But, um, don't let fear or insecurity or negative thoughts keep you from trying the next step just to try it on and see what's up. You can always retreat. You can always give up, start a website. You don't like it. Shut it down. That's okay. You're scared of starting the business. Well, start it. It goes out of business. Okay. So you go bankrupt and it's done but you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. You, absolutely. you just have to. Absolutely. And you never know who you are until you go through that insecurity of, of showing up in your insecure version. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's very similar to actually sparring, actually fighting, because maybe in the beginning you like to attack, like you're more on the offense because uh, you want to prove that you can actually fight. Mm-hmm. But then you get punched in the face a few times, and then you're like, oh, shit, if I, if I attack, then I'm going to be punched in the face. Let me just defend, right? And then you're, gonna, you're too much on, on the defense. And then you remember, okay, this, is, this doesn't feel right either, right, just being on the defense. So let me just see when do I do one and when do I do the other and you develop timing beautiful boy that's very well said I love that yeah timing I think timing is it timing is the wisdom to know when to push when to pull when to stay still that's what wisdom is absolutely really good at any one of those things like oh this guy's really aggressive he just attacks 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 okay this guy's really good at being patient and staying cool under pressure and being calm okay that's another skill but the master is the one who can do both mm-hmm. and knows exactly the right time to, to push or pull. That ultimately is what I'm looking for, what I think everyone should be looking for. Sometimes in the beginning, if you're very quiet, you really just want to play in the aggressive field. You just need to do everything you can to be stronger, louder, faster, more go attack. Some people come in very aggressive. They need to figure out how to relax, how to not always feel like you have to win all the time and just learn by watching and observing and being passive and flowing. But ultimately, either one of those will get you killed. If that's all you do, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. The master knows exactly when. Now's the time to speak up. Now's the time to shut up. Now's the time to punch you in the face. Now's the time to walk away. And we just do our best to try to figure out those moments to, and they can be very, very fast, right? When you're actually Mm -hmm. sparring, Mm -hmm. you shift those roles in a, in a flash or you're doing them simultaneously. Part of your body is yielding and being soft while the other part is attacking and being aggressive. So that's the yin yang. To me, that's that the, the, the perfect yin yang. It's not one or the other alternating. They're at the same time. To me, that's the ultimate wisdom. You, you're always progressing and you're always allowing life to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. that swirl, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where the magic happens. That's where you're at your best. Yes. Yes, I, I feel so too. And, and sometimes you even, you even actually need to eat a punch or eat a few more, like take a beating so that you actually win. Because if you tire the other guy out, right? And you, you let, like I always talk about this with my students. Like if somebody has an advantage over you, mm-hmm. you encourage that advantage so that it becomes a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Yeah, like like somebody who's very like for example Mike Tyson, right? His his advantage was his power. But if you allowed him to express power a lot more, right? We're not I'm not saying that I'm gonna be I'm ever gonna get into that with Mike Tyson, I'm not crazy. But um like people who allowed him to express his power and he uh tired him out, they won. Right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody's very agile, allow them more space to be more agile so they slip, they slip up. If, if somebody has good kicks, allow them to kick a lot more so that they make a mistake. If somebody's very aggressive, be on the defensive and then boom, step in exactly when you need to. But that's like it, it's, it all comes down to having that kind of experience of making right. mistakes. Exactly, yeah. Uh, rope-a-dope, uh, like with Muhammad Ali and uh, George Foreman, I think, right? Uh, same idea. It's like, wow, this guy's bigger and stronger than me, but if I can just protect myself and let him punch himself out and get tired, now I can emerge. Or the Gracie uh, Jiu-Jitsu kind of philosophy of just being able to hang on and protect yourself long enough for the other guy to make a mistake or to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. get tired and 
have to stop their plan. They have no plan B. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Hopefully you have a plan A. I can try to attack and get out of here, but if I can't, I'm okay on an egotistical level to allow that and still see losing in everyone's eyes as an advantage. Um, but yeah, it takes time uh, to figure that out because I would say that the guys who lost to Mike Tyson early, they didn't stop him from expressing power, but maybe their mindset wasn't thinking like, I'm allowing you now to express your power. They're still thinking, oh no, he's expressing power. Oh yeah, I'm going to express power too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have won perhaps. I mean, Mike Tyson's Mike Tyson, but they, their mindset uh, is different than someone um, like later on, like with Evander Holyfield or someone who could stay in the fire and let him do what he's going to do and already be thinking that this is a positive that he's punching me. I'm not afraid of that or this is not a failure on my part. Go ahead. This is my actual strategy. I want you to keep punching. Go. Um, Rocky and Mr. T. All right. That's, that's one of my favorite martial arts movies. If it doesn't get considered Rocky three is like the best movie in the world. Everything is answered in that movie, but he does the same things. Like takes the punch. You ain't so bad. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of more. Well, okay. You ain't so bad. And uh, let him get, yeah, come on, bring it. As long as you're doing it on purpose, then it's a strategy. And uh, yeah. So take the lumps, open a business knowing that it's not ready, prepared to take the lumps. Prepare yep. yourself to take the loss as you invest in something because you know that's the punch you need to take to learn how to sell that product in the future. Um, you go and, on a few blind dates to figure out how to date. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I was actually thinking about this before our interview. You know, I think it's very, very important to lower your expectations. Like, um, <laughs> for example, I've done a lot of things that um, – like, for example, growing in an online community, like a Wing Chun community, right? And I was expecting people, oh my God, people are going to come, they're going to flood in, I'm going to have so many students uh, learn, uh, you know, learn Wing Chun online and so on and so forth. And, you know, you get, you, you set higher expectations and then you get lower results and that just disappoints you and it demotivates you. Mm. But... If you think of, if you're going to get five students and you thought that you're going to get only two, you're like, oh my God, I got five students. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. I, have, I need to keep doing this, right? <laughs> Instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to get 20 students and just get five, you're going to be like, ah, oh, man, that's something wrong. Maybe there's something wrong with the way I teach. Maybe I'm not good enough and stuff like that, right? So I think having very low expectations or, or being prepared mentally and physically for a big challenge that it's going to take a lot longer and a lot more effort than you probably thought than you initially thought i think it's it, you're going to have a lot better chance of winning absolutely who's going to argue with that absolutely and again this is one of the advantages of getting older because um, as i get older you, you i start to see the pattern over and over again that, oh, that took time to build that. Mm. Oh, that takes time to be that good. Mm. When I was younger, if it came easily to me, then I thought, oh, then that's the way it is. You just yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so if you want to do your next goal and say, okay, well, I'm going to make a movie and it should be a hit right away and everyone's going to love it. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, no. Most, most <laughs> things aren't like that. Almost nothing is like that. And, uh, and even now it's funny because, um, you know, on YouTube, um, I've had some success and you would think because people are naive they think oh well you're on youtube and you have over a hundred thousand uh, subscribers so therefore you're making your living on youtube and it's like 
No, not at all. What are you talking about? Or, oh, because you have uh, 150,000 subscribers, your email list must be huge. Everyone must come to your website and look at all your stuff and know everything yeah. about you. Yeah. And, no, it's not like that. It's always a numbers game. You might have to reach a million people before you find the one or two real fans who uh, understand what you're doing and you really connect with and you make a relationship with. Uh, it's, it's a numbers game. You just have to keep throwing and keep punching and keep kicking and then you get that little bit of result you're like okay uh, even in fighting right i mean a one punch knockout hey that's nice if you can set yeah. it up sometimes that happens but most of the time it's going to be this is going to be a tough this is going to be tough <laughs> you're going to be in there fighting and, and rolling around and uh most most of your techniques are missing and uh you know you try to get that takedown all night you couldn't get it um but that's okay again if you welcome that and say okay that is the experience that mm -hmm. is the way it goes mm -hmm. And once you accept that, then you can have fun because you know it's not abnormal. There's nothing wrong with you. That's the way success works. Yeah. So embrace it and, and run with it. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with, uh, oh, look at this, like, this kid who's making like millions of dollars or look at this 17-year-old uh, who's an um, uh, MMA champion. But people don't realize that they've been doing it for a long, long time. Sure. Absolutely. So many stories like that. People come out of nowhere and they think, oh, you're, you're new at this. Boy, that's a lucky start. <laughs> and no, you just didn't know me. Why would you yeah, exactly. you know about the 10 years I did before this? Um, yeah, no, that's just ignorance again. And people wanting to believe in the fairy tale. Because if you believe that that guy got lucky and he just became a success that fast, then yeah. there's a chance for you to do it. Mm -hmm. And you want to believe that you could just one day wake up and win the lottery. Oh, that'd be so great. Why do people buy these tickets? Because they believe it's possible I could be this, this lucky guy. But that's yeah. not how real life works. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, thinking about it, if, if I didn't have that, in, um, if I wasn't so naive to think that, you know what? Oh, I'm so great. I'm going to do it in two years. No, this guy did it in five. I'm going to do it in two, right? If I didn't have that kind of... Um, uh, like arrogance and uh, wasn't so naive, I wouldn't have started. Like, mm -hmm. what? It's going to take 10 years? What? Yeah, right. Nah. Right. Nah, man, that's not for me, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's the beauty of it. That's why I said, if you're insecure when you start, go ahead. If your motives are yeah. impure, it's okay, um, get started. Mm -hmm. But then the real winners get filtered out. Yeah. That's why. The, the problem is, it, is that you don't know that you're insecure. Well, right, but that's what the journey teaches you, right? Yeah. I didn't walk yeah. into martial arts thinking, I need to be humbled. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's why martial arts is interesting. That's why I hate when people call certain schools like a McDojo. I mean, there's a difference between criminal activity and just you don't want what they're offering. There's a difference mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And to me, I got started I, when I went to that uh, Taekwondo school. I didn't know anything about Taekwondo. I was looking for Aikido. I didn't really yeah. know much about Aikido either. I didn't really know what I wanted. I just knew I needed to do something. Definitely. And if at the beginning I thought, well, they've got weights. I could build muscles here and maybe do some punching and kicking. I didn't know that within a month I'd be crying in my car because I got punched in the face by someone I thought was inferior. How dare you hit me? I'm perfect. <laughs> um, I didn't know I wanted that. It's because you take that step that you learn what you need to learn um, if you're open to that. That's the self-development part. Um, if you're really interested in developing yourself, you're open to the real lessons, not just the ones you wanted to learn. I just wanted to get in shape. My whole life changed instead, but I was open to that because I did it at heart, want to become better as a person. So that's the test. That's what I mean. It filters out the winners and the so-called losers or the 
once you get to that point where you go, oh my gosh, this isn't what I thought it was, did you keep going or do you say, oh, then forget it. I'm out. If you're out, you're out. Okay, find something else. But yeah. the winners are the ones who go, hey, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, but I'm going to keep going because I still think this is worth it or there's Definitely. something interesting coming. Great. Then you win. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I think it's very, very powerful once you accept that, um, and you keep, you definitely keep going. Um, what would you say to everybody listening? Actually, what, what would be one question that you have for everybody, uh, tuning into our conversation? A question for people watching. Yeah. Um, oh, it's easy. Okay. What are you doing today? That's making your life better. Mm-hmm. It's, doesn't have to be big and dramatic, but just literally, what is your what are you doing in your daily routine today? Whether it's five minutes of breathing, whether it's a hundred push-ups, whether it's calling somebody that you don't know, or just to build a new relationship, there must be something in your daily life, not once in a while, that you're doing to make your life better. At the end of the day, ask yourself, what did I do today to make my life better? It's very simple. And and again, it doesn't have to be big and dramatic. Oh, I put down $100,000 on a new business. No, no, no. It's quite the opposite. It's the little investment. What did you do today? What was that little investment you made in yourself, me time, to move your life into a happier direction? If you can't answer that, when you wake up, okay, what am I going to do today to make my life better? And you go to the end of the day and say, okay, what did I do today to make my life better? If you don't have answers for those questions, to me, that's a life that will never be as great as you want it to be. You mm-hmm. have no chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing is guaranteed, but you've just taken yourself out of the game completely. There's no way you can win. Definitely, definitely. And I, I don't remember who, uh, who said this, but um, they said something along the lines of, a, a life worth living is a life worth documenting. Hmm. So if That's you're writing down, uh, if you're writing down on a journal, like what did you learn today? How did you, how is your life better today compared to yesterday? Mm-hmm. They're really, really, really uh, doing a great, great job for you, great service for you. Yeah, definitely. And That's interesting. Yeah, the documenting. Yeah. I I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Well, you you are kind of documenting your life, aren't you? On YouTube, we're documenting our lives right now, our experiences. A little bit, yeah, but yeah. not as a daily thing. So I'm interested in like, is that, yeah, I got to think about that. But it's a great idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So guys, go ahead and document your lives in the comment section and tell us uh, what did you do uh, today to improve your life. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. And this, is a, this was a great, great conversation, and I'm very happy that uh, you accepted the invitation. And um, yeah. Of course, uh, I appreciate the work you're doing out there. Any positivity that you can bring to the martial arts, which you do very consistently, you're a bridge builder, so I respect that. Um, You're a great role model for martial arts and making lives better, so please continue your work, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. It it means a lot coming from you, to be honest. (laughs) Awesome. Guys, go ahead and uh, subscribe to Sensei Ando's uh, YouTube channel. You'll find him on Facebook as well. And definitely check out his uh, podcast, which is also called Happy Life Martial Arts. Fight for a happy life. You got it. Fight for a happy life. Awesome. Awesome. This was excellent. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And if you're ready for more financial freedom, for more time, to spend with your loved ones or doing what you're really, really, really passionate about. 
Send me a message over social media, connect with me, links are in the description, and I will give you a free business breakthrough session where I will show you exactly how you can make your business more profitable so that you live a happy and fulfilled life with your loved ones. I'll see you soon.